Hello and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, and this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. I got two gentlemen on the podcast today because Pastor Sam Schmidt is under the weather, can't be with us today. And uh, this is going to be the last podcast of this year that's new, that's fresh, mm. fresh content. We are going to take a couple weeks off and enjoy our families and enjoy God's good gifts that he's given to us over this Christmas season. We will keep putting some podcasts out, but they will be uh, from the vault. So some, uh, some good stuff from the past that we will put on there for your listening pleasure. If you've joined us in the past year or so, you probably have never heard these podcasts. So we're mm. going to throw some of that older stuff out there at you guys. Uh, for those of you guys who are still working and still listening and still uh, want some want some content while we are gone. Uh, guys, would you introduce yourselves? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Kevin Kenora, Biblical Counselor. All right. We also wanted to take a little break. We're, we're in you know, this Kingdom of the Cults thing, and we've got secularism and atheism, and we've got Catholicism, and we've got all kind of stuff coming for you, but they're kind of heady topics, mm. and we wanted to kind of come down a little bit out of that and just do a little bit of a look in the rearview mirror. Yeah. I know. I as I've gotten older, I realize that I very much live in the present with my eyes staring out the windshield. Mm. And uh that's a pretty good place to be when you're driving, right? Uh, but I don't it's funny. I literally don't look in my rearview mirror. Mm. Uh my wife will drive my truck and I will drive it two or three times before I notice the rear view mirror is adjusted for her. Every yeah. time she drives my truck, she readjusts the rear view mirror. So the seating's not adjusted at all? Oh, no, the seating, yeah. <laughs> I can't get in with the seating. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I got buttons on my seat. I'm like, babe, do you lift my seat up? Like, yeah. what? She's like, yeah, I got to see over the steering wheel. I'm like, oh. so it's so hard to find that right seating position after she's driven my truck. <laughs> but it takes me a few times before I even notice that the rear view mirror's changed. Yeah. And that's kind of, you know, an analogy or a metaphor of much of my life. I don't do a good job looking back. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have that great of a memory, which is really great. If you've offended me, uh, I probably don't remember it. You mm -hmm. know, I, I, don't, I, I don't hold, I mean, I hold very short accounts. I don't hold grudges and things like that. Um, but it can be bad too. Obviously, if I've offended you, I probably don't even remember it. <laughs> I'm not even aware of it. Uh, be sorry, by so the way. Yeah, you might hate my guts, and I don't know why. And if I see you in the store, I'll say, hey, man, how's it going? Uh, How dare he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy said something. Last time I talked to him, he said this. I have no idea. Um, but I, in some sense, I, I just think that's how God has, has wired me. My, my, all my siblings think it's hilarious because when we get together to tell stories, the only stories I really remember are the stories that we've recounted multiple times. You know what yeah. I mean? That They'll say, you remember when you said this? I'm like, no, I, I don't remember that. What happened? And my brother has got a memory like an elephant. He can mm. remember absolutely everything. Mm. So it's always fun when we, you know, watch old videos and stuff and they can say, see, I told you, you said that, or I yeah, told yeah. you you did that. But what I kind of wanted to do is do, in the military, they have this thing called an after action report where you go out on mission and um, do what you do and you get back and the, the thing you do, you have an after action report and you just say, you know, what happened? What went right? What went wrong? Mm -hmm. What can we learn from it? Yeah. Right? And what I want to do today is just kind of have a little bit of an after action report on 2023, mm -hmm. a little look back. I, I am planning in the first of the year to do a year in review sermon. Yep. And um, I'm pretty excited about that. I'll have a lot more statistics and, you know, things to share then. We don't have any of that right now. I just wanted to um, hear from you guys as you're here, you know, what has God done in your ministries in this past year, you yeah. know? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'll start with Kevin. So, so Kevin, what, what's this? What has changed this year? What's what's went well? What's what's going on? Like, mm -hmm. what 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 has this year meant for for your ministry? Yeah, yeah. So, man, it's a good thing for me that Justin keeps a short record of accounts because uh, start of twenty twenty three, I was his assistant and <clears throat> navigating that while finishing out seminary. And uh, so I, I finished seminary for biblical counseling in in May of this year. Um, started building out kind of a framework for a biblical counseling ministry right in the midst of 
a building campaign right in the midst of a remodel and, and you know, all of that stuff. So in, um, I think it was, it was August 1st, you know, we'd negotiated um, kind of a, a transition in my position to, to shift from serving as Justin's assistant to serving as biblical counselor on, uh, at that point it was a, a part-time basis, 20 hours a week. And man, just seeing from a, a couple announcements from, from well, Pastor Rob when he was still with us, a um, couple announcements on Sunday hey, Kevin's starting this counseling thing. If you're struggling, you know, reach out to him. And within probably two weeks, I was, I was at and well over capacity. And so I was, you know, blessed to be able to um, open the word with, with folks in our congregation. Um, so that, that didn't start right away in May, but that was through the summer. I think it was, oh, I said August, sorry. Yeah, um, so just to give some context, um, I have never done, long-term, any long-term counseling. And so what we have done at Sacred City is I would, I would provide, you know, um, triage kind of counseling. So immediate stuff, one or two sessions, one, two, three sessions, and then either this gets worked out through Fight Club, this gets worked out in your missional community, or we would recommend an outside counselor. And we, we had a very competent and capable Christian gospel-centered biblical counselor for a long time Mm -hmm. that worked at South Park Psychology. And then he became really hard to get into. Mm -hmm. And then because he was retiring and he kind of cut down his schedule. And then eventually I think he's, I don't know, I think he's full full on retired. And so, you know, you feeling called to biblical counseling was something that we had prayed about and something that we were, we felt like you were gifted and incompetent in. And man, we, we were, thrilled to kind of launch a biblical counseling ministry in our church. Right. And then that started, we didn't know how, you know, how much need we had at the church for sure. You know? So we were like, let's start, let's start part-time. Let's see, let's test you. Let's test your calling. Let's see how this is going to go. And, um, yeah. And (laughs) within a couple weeks, the part-time was filled. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Over, over and above. And, uh, yeah, so so from there, just filling the schedule and filling need, and then obviously building stuff, and ended up. I think it was November, yeah, November first of this year. You guys bumped up my hours to to thirty hours a week, and <clears throat> some of those things. And so I've seen. So in that time, I don't I don't know exactly how many folks that I've seen, um, but I've, you know, out of the ten people that I'd started with, I think all of them have graduated from counseling. So I've had complete turnover in that time. And, and so, yeah, again, as of about this week, I was going, man, well, about a couple of weeks ago, I was like, man, you know, I need to, I need to reach out and see if anybody needs counseling. It was starting to look a little light and then out of like, I didn't say anything to anyone, but then the Lord brought five new people, you know? So just to see people seeing the value, see people in, in missional communities, recognizing a need for counsel and an ability to go, go receive counsel has been great. And then even... So a lot of my, my methodology is I want people to be equipped with the principles so that the next wave of people that they're talking to don't necessarily have to come from me, but that, that those folks are, are mature enough in their MCs to be able to say, hey, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about how Scripture speaks to the, you know some of these things? So equipping counselors, um, whether they know it or not. And so that's been, that's been a huge blessing as well. Yeah, speaking of that, there's obviously one of the negatives of the secular model of counseling is it can, it kind of can go on forever and it makes sense from a business perspective because they need to get paid and they want to have a full calendar all the time. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times what they're going to do is they're just going to listen and they're not going to really give advice very often. And, and you, you know, that counselor becomes a substitute mm-hmm. for Christian community yeah. or becomes a substitute for, you know, like for your missional community or yeah. for, for your fight club. And, um, and obviously you're paying them, you're paying them to do that. Yeah. And there's no, there's no uh, benefit for the counselor for yeah. you to get better. Yeah. Right. Because right. if you get better, then I lose money yeah. in one sense. And obviously that's not, that's not a biblical approach to counseling. Right. And so we want to see God's people 
um, understanding God's word, mm -hmm. applying it to their life, mm -hmm. and thriving. Yeah. yeah. Right now, so we see counseling as obviously it's gonna it's always kind of like an off ramp. So mm -hmm. let's say you're you're just running hard and boom, you hit a difficult season in your marriage. It's a perfect opportunity to get a, a couple sessions with Kevin. It doesn't mean that your marriage is failing. It mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you are completely incompetent. It doesn't mean that you're demon possessed. Yeah. Like people, so, so many people have like this negative view. Mm -hmm. It means that you don't have the principles right now, or you don't have the you know biblical texts right now, or you don't have the spiritual maturity right now to handle this season of marriage that yep. you're in. And so what do you do? You, you take an off ramp off the highway, right? And you, you, you see a biblical counselor. Mm -hmm. It could be three weeks. It could be six weeks. It could be 12 weeks, whatever it is. And you get equipped mm -hmm. in these, with these new tools that you need and you begin to apply them to your life. And then you get back on the highway yep. and hopefully that make you know, that make, that makes some improvement. And, and then maybe you go a year and everything's, you know, and things are, you're seeing, and then something else comes up, parenting issue, whatever. Yeah. And you can, again, counseling is this kind of off-ramp supplement to your normal discipleship of hearing the word in, on Sunday morning, being in community, being on mission. Yeah. But most people need that. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. it's not mm -hmm. just, you know, for those who are struggling with addiction or, or some kind of horrible upbringing, in, you know, that they're dealing with. It's most, most normal people need that kind of targeted mm -hmm. um, discipleship yeah. and, and counseling yeah. in their life. So from, from your, you know, time, what have you, like, what are some, some wins that you would celebrate or things that you're like evidence of grace that you would see? Obviously I'm not wanting you to divulge right, any chapter and verse. Yeah. I don't want, or I don't want you to divulge any like, you know, People's names, people's yeah, yeah. names. how they've grown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you about. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. This one person. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I've seen. So common, if you think about common themes of counseling, um, a lot of times it's like one of one of the first questions I'm going to ask is like, okay, what what do your spiritual disciplines look like? You know, what's your prayer? What's your time in the Word? Things like that. And in in marriages specifically where people are having trouble, a lot of times that's, oh, well, I'm not really in the Word. Oh, well, I'm not really praying. Oh, well, you know, I'm not really doing family discipleship. And so it's like, oh, well, that's interesting, you know. And so I've seen three or four marriages along those lines where it's it's encouraging people like, hey, you need script, you know. So just opening the Bible and saying, look, this is what God says about knowing Him and being in the Word. Look, this is what God says about leading your family. And so mm -hmm. I've seen a number of men start to step up and recognize, oh, I'm, I'm abdicating my responsibility and, and repenting of that and, and turning towards that. Um, I've, I've had the blessing of seeing a number of women struggling with, let's say, anxiety tends to be a besetting sin. And it's like, oh, well, you know, Philippians says rejoice in the Lord always, right? Mm -hmm. Again, I will say rejoice. And so equipping them with, yeah, this, this circumstance, it's kind of a, a drop in the bucket, but God actually calls you to rejoice. So where has he shown up? And so cultivating a heart of thanksgiving, cultivating a heart of gladness that then they bring back into their home, then they bring back into their parenting, they bring back into the discipleship of their children, their fight clubs, and then they come back and seeing the fruit of that, right? Seeing restoration, you know. The best thing that you can give to your kids is a Christ-centered disposition in the home. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So an anxious mom does not commend Christ to your to their children. Yeah. Right? An overbearing husband does not commend Christ. Yeah. A apathetic husband, an abdicating husband does yeah. not commend Christ to the children. Yeah. Right? And so some of this stuff is it's simple, but we have a, a lot of families at our church and just people at our church who did not have God-centered homes mm -hmm. and yeah. did not have moms and dads who are actively um, pursuing Christ as a disciple. Yeah. They maybe went to church, mm -hmm. but their church life didn't really, you know, impact yeah. their home, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so we need to learn how to be good Christians. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. We yeah. need to learn how to be good Christians and handle the difficulties that God sends our way 
in, in Christ-like ways, yeah. you know, yeah. like to when we have, we're going to have sickness, we're going to have mm-hmm. death, we're going to have job loss, we're going to have these things. And yet we have a God who promises to walk with us through it, to never leave us or to forsake us, yeah. to be with us to the end of the age. Yeah. And the, that theology, that reality should affect the way that we respond to these situations. Yeah. And when we respond in a peaceful trust in the midst of an anxious, very anxious situation, it, our kids are going to get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not now, yeah. but, but they're going to get it, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm just, you know, thrilled to see how many people are stepping up mm-hmm. and maturing. And I've talked to many of them. And they, they say, you know, they understand the gospel better. They understand scripture better. They're able to have a better relationship with their parent or a better relationship with their spouse or better relationship with their kids, that it's improving, you know, aspects, aspects of, of their marriage. Yeah. Right. So what happens in counseling often is you are taking this, the truths that I'm preaching on Sunday and the truths that are in scripture and you're personally applying it, mm-hmm. you know, pastorally to a person's individual experience. Yeah. Not, not everyone can take the principles on Sunday and just apply it to their own life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us can't, yeah. you know, and I think it's just good too, to have you on site. And I mean, to have you here, because I think a lot of people are always just look at counseling as a bad thing. Like, yeah. Oh man, I'm having a bad thing, bad situation in my marriage, my kids or this or that. But it's like, also, like, what are some of the things that you haven't never, like, walked through that happened to you in the past? Where maybe you do have a, a great family right now. Maybe God is working in you, but also God wants to take you to the next level and, you know, have you heal from some of the things that you have never thought about, never talked about. And a lot of people just think of counseling as only when things are happening bad right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And I just think that's really good that people can be able to come up to you and um, see it from a professional state. Yeah, and I'm happy to do it. And so one thing that I've been trying to work towards um, is, is kind of a, a framework in my head. I'm thinking a, a covenantal view of counseling. So a lot of psychology, a lot of um, even biblical counseling tends to be the center of biblical counseling right now is in very, very um, individualistic churches. And so when I counsel parents, for example, it's, it's setting, um, setting the tone for their home in what they're doing, but also trying to show them how, hey, what you're doing, the, the sin patterns, like this is what you're teaching your children is acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. You, are, you are teaching them generational sin. Yeah. Or on the other end, hey, when you are following the way of the Lord, like, you are, like you're always witnessing to your children, right? You're always witnessing to your spouse. And so one thing that really I think that's where I've seen the most growth in counseling, it's like, hey, the, if this is the vision and this is where you're at, is are you in line with that? Are you in line with what God has called you to in the scriptures? Yeah. Yeah. One 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 guy told me we had the men's event and we I, I talked about I mean I talked about our virility as men mm-hmm. and what that's for, but then I also talked about the dangers of you know pornography mm-hmm. and not not be- beating and defeating lust. Yeah. And one statement I said was if you don't so one of the things that lust and pornography do is it takes our effectiveness. Yeah. It steals our potency. It steals our <clears throat> boldness. And so a man who never defeats lust will never tell his kid that he can defeat lust. Right. Mm-hmm. right? If he did, he'd be a hypocrite. Yeah. Mm. And so most men don't want to be a hypocrite, so they just don't say anything. Yeah. Right? And so this guy told me, like, you know, I fought this you know, addiction to pornography since I'm 13 Mm. and I have to beat it Mm -hmm. because I got to look at my kids and say, you can beat it too. Right. You know, that's good. And so I I was just like, yeah, man, that's right. I'm stoked for you. So that means we all need counseling. There's always some type of area in your life where like you got to defeat so that you're able to be able to help your kids and love them well because you've already been through the fire. Yeah. You've already got the counseling. You already got like everything that is going to equip you um, to be able to keep the foot on the neck of the old you yeah. so that you don't have to, you know. That's the covenantal understanding of, of the home and the nature. Yeah. And we've, we, people have talked about like generational sins. Yeah. And the reality is if you don't get victory over it, 
-hmm. you pass it on to your kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to, I want to pass on good things. A wise man and a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's Mm -hmm. children. I want to leave godly inheritance to my children, not just money, but a godly inheritance of Mm -hmm. how to, to love a woman well, how to be a, for my wife, how, how, my wife wants to how to submit to a husband, how to mm-hmm. be a good wife. Yeah. I want how to have a Christ-centered home, right? I want to pass how to deal with conflict and keep short accounts and forgive sins really quickly, mm-hmm. and then boom, we've restored fellowship and yeah. we're back to joy. Yeah, that's good. That I don't want a fog of frustration, a fog of anger, a fog. Mm-hmm. Of, listen, one of the biggest lies that the devil has ever told is that teenagers have to be miserable. Yeah. Mm. And that teenagers make the home miserable. Yeah. Listen, I've got two of them and they're outstanding and do they sin? Absolutely they sin. Yeah, for sure. You know they they sin. But our home is a joyous home. There's no fog of angst mm-hmm. and teenage rebellion. Yeah. And it that's a lie from that's a lie from Satan. Yeah. But if you still harbor resentment, mm-hmm. if you still gossip, if you still backbite, if you still talk bad about your spiritual authority or your MC leader or the people in church, and and you have, if you are still covetous and you're still chasing after the the, the riches of the world, mm. your kids are going to as well. Because yeah. so what you're hitting on right there is like if you still have a relationship and love sin, it's mm. going to be passed down to your kids because then you're going to let certain things pass. Yeah, and it's not. And when you say love, I know exactly what you mean. I'm not saying that, oh, I just love this. But if you refuse to acknowledge it, repent, and then and by repent, I don't mean just confess your sin. I mean mm. change. Choose a new direction. Yeah. yeah. Create new family patterns. That's yeah. good. Then yeah. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be passed on. Yeah. And we wanna pass on more than just we go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We're really involved at church. Mm-hmm. I've had so many counseling sessions with people who, yeah, my dad was doing this, my mom was doing that, everybody was in church, we we're all in church. But Sin still reigned in the home. Yeah. yeah. Unconfessed sin. Dad would get angry, never repent. Yeah. Mom would do, you know, divisive things and undermine the leadership of her husband. Mm-hmm. And and ch- kids end up choosing sides, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And if sin reigns in your home, then you're passing that on to your kids. Yeah. yeah. So biblical counseling is a, is a great opportunity to sit down with, with Kevin and help him diagnose some of that mm. and then prescribe some biblical counseling to help you put that thing to death. Yeah. yeah. So reach out to Kev, get the counseling. Yeah. Everybody yeah. needs it. I, I mean, I have no doubt that, you know, sometime soon in 2024, you know, you'll be full time, you know, you'll be more than, uh, more than just 30 hours a week because mm-hmm. the needs are there. Yeah. So, so yeah, in 2023, we launched a biblical counseling ministry and, uh, that thing's going well, yeah. and we're really encouraged yeah. by it. So, yeah. Alex, good. what about you, man? What's man. happening in the youth ministry in man, 2023? Man, what's not happening? You know, I'm, I'm, I've been super excited this year, to be completely honest. I've been waiting for you to get to me, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, because, I mean, kids have been coming to faith. I mean, kids have been getting baptized. I mean, we have ha- had hundreds of kids coming in and out of the building. It's just been a great time, but just because, like, the beginning of the season of this year, um, of course, we always have like a, a tagline or a theme of um, what our group is going to for that year. And uh, this year was have some faith, right? And all of our sermon series been through um, faith and heroes of the faith um, and all those different things. And then here we go. We're, we're getting ready to have a building, right? Going through the, the building campaign and all the different things. And I remember you just telling our staff and we were all super excited about it. But then also just, you know, I had to step up in multiple different areas that I'm not used to. And I remember you set me down in the office like, hey, man, um, Pastor Rob is going to be heading out. And, dude, I need you. Like, I'm going to need you to, like, do some of the things that you're not used to doing. And I think for Justin, he didn't know that I was actually equipped in some of these areas because, of course, I've been his youth student forever. And then I worked with him doing contracting and um, doing construction. But then I also, you know, grew up and I had to head out, you know, and start um, providing for my family. And, and, and how I provided for my family was going into other companies and helping them build be- uh um, better practices for their facilities. So um, a part of that was building teams and structures and different things like that. And um, so when he asked me about that, I was I was kind of like just licking my fingertips, like, "Ooh, this is this is right up my alley. I love this, and I, I've kind of missed this um, from my old job." So 
um, just kind of helping uh, facilitate some of those things and um, kind of working side by side um, with Justin and just, you know, helping around the building, but then also building some of the teams um, here on Sundays and doing that same thing for um, our youth group. Uh, but to be able to just work beside him and um, just renew this building and then also move our youth group over here and uh, to see what God has has done in that. I mean, we were in a, a dirty old gym with cages on the on the on the windows and all the things. About preaching. 300 feet from, the, from Juvie. Basically. Yes, so yes, yes. From Juvie. And then we were in a small little cottage, you know, but now we actually, you know, have a youth space. We've been preaching the same gospel. But, um, you know, of course, a lot of people, um, you know, look on the outside and, you know, God looks on the heart. But um, in the midst of this, like kids have been just rolling through this building and been excited about Jesus. And uh, man, it's just been a great time. And it just have lifted me up to be able to preach the gospel and to uh, raise me up to another level of um, expectation of what um, God is calling me to. And then also joining in the eldership process. And um, if God willing, you know, I'll be a part of the um, eldership team, you know, and continue to move in that. So I'm, I've been excited. Yeah. So to get even more, to drill down into some of those specifics a little bit, like specifically with the youth, since moving into the building, you guys have effectively doubled. Mm-hmm. All right, week in and week out. 100% growth, baby. You guys have doubled. That, God is that's moving. insane. 100% growth. Um, so 60, 70 kids on an average, right? Yeah. Something like that right mm-hmm. now. Um, you, not only that, but you've got like, a snack shack now. Yes. Right? So you've got that. That's fun. You've got some games and stuff around. Yeah. But you've got um, your own worship team, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Yep. Before you're kind of doing videos and doing different things because mm. we had some college kids that would lead worship occasionally, but then they moved away. And and so you've you've got this own your own like youth band. Yeah. Um, I got to go and preach to the youth three, three, three or four weeks ago. Let's just talk about that. That's a big deal. To have your head pastor come down and just also be a part of the youth that are going to be a part of his congregation um, soon, you know, and to be able to have you preach. Can you can you just speak to some of that? Because you kind of passed your pulpit down to me and you got yeah. to, you know, you got to yeah, preach on it again, you know, yeah, with true. a monster can, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, when I was a youth pastor, I had a custom pulpit built. It's built all out of steel and mm-hmm. it's a pretty sick pulpit. Man. It is. And that thing I've been, I obviously preach, I preached from that for at least 15 years, at mm-hmm. least 15 years. And then moving into the new building, it just wasn't going to fit the aesthetic. And I wanted something new and wanted something fresh. So um, I got a different pulpit. So pass that pass that anointing down to you. Yeah, man. Um, and yeah, it was fun to go and preach to the youth. I, I did that for, I mean, I was a junior youth pastor for two years. And then I was a youth pastor for seven years. So that's my, that was my lane, mm-hmm. you know? And I was a little nervous going to going to do it again because I haven't done it like that in a long time. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was outstanding. You know, yeah. I had to meet the energy level. I had to get mm-hmm. you know I had to I had to bring the hype. Yeah. But it was no, it was a great experience to go down there and to to preach to those to the youth and to see them hungry, you know, for mm-hmm. the word and hung, hungry for God. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, it's <clears throat> it's just been really cool to see. When I was there, I, you know, well, my daughter is on the worship team and to see her, God's given her a gift, uh, you know, uh, she can sing and like her mom. And so it was cool to see her singing. Yeah. It's great to see Natalie, how Natalie has discipled the, those, the singers in the worship team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got a teenager on the keys, you got a teenager on the drums, you got a teenager on the guitar, a teenager on the bass. Yeah, man. You know, and it's good. It's not, it's not like, oh no. You know, sometimes you go to youth stuff and you're like, oh no. Like, ooh, uh, bad note. Like, yeah, no, yeah, these, yeah. they're legit. They're yeah. legit. And so it's really cool. And they're going to be um, playing one song at, at our Christmas Eve gathering mm-hmm. and, and helping the kids sing. So that I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and just to see my own kids you know, get more engaged and, you know, my daughter specifically, she's not going to miss Wednesday night, you know, like, like they, she was on this traveling volleyball team now and they're like, well, we can, the only night we can practice is Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh no, we're not. She's like, nope, then I won't be there. And they're like, okay, I guess we got to change the night. Right. Um, and to see her inviting her friends and wanting her friends to follow Jesus, you know, it's, it's just been 
a huge gift. And it's just been really exciting too because I mean, there's times that we're so packed in our 80, you know, plus, and there's standing room only, and p- kids are coming still to hear the to, to hear the um, the gospel, to you know, be in community and to um, you know worship. Our kids are actually worshiping, putting their hands in the air and worshiping mm-hmm. God, which is is great. But then also like Justin came to preach, but then he also gets to see them on Sunday. A lot of our kids are coming in on Sunday because they want that they want that extra, you know, on Sunday, and they yeah. want to be a part of our church, and it's just been great. And and I see the youth ministry um, serving two main purposes. Number one is evangelistic. Mm-hmm. So I want our kids to be able to invite their unsaved friends that they're on football teams and basketball mm-hmm. teams and all this stuff with into an environment that that kid will find uh, compelling. Mm-hmm. So obviously the games help that the snack shack helps that that the loud music and the mm-hmm. energy helps that, um, and it, it's a good evangelistic environment. Now there's a lot of things that I I don't commend about my old ministry, mm-hmm. but one of the things that we did really well was we created an environment that teenagers really enjoyed, and they heard the gospel and they wanted to follow Jesus. Yeah, You're right, and. I think that's, that's just an important aspect, right, that many churches miss. And then the second aspect of the youth ministry is I want, I want it to be a training ground for them for future ministry. Yeah. So I want kids, you know, we got kids running uh, tech down there, you know yep. what I mean? We got to run in tech. We got to be in the band. We've got to serve in different areas. A check-in system. Check-in all the things, system, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then that can, that's a natural connection to what we do on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. right? And I want them to be able to step into service on Sunday morning. Yeah. And 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 as they continue to grow, it's a natural transition for them to you know, know understand what we're doing because you guys still do liturgy. You, yep. You're like prepping them for liturgy, you know, mm-hmm. as they get to the the quote-unquote big church. Um but it's also giving them training wheels mm-hmm. you know it's giving them training wheels like it's going to take a while for them to probably to get to the level to be able to play on in the band in joel's band mm-hmm. right because our, our musicians are outstanding right yeah, and joel's yeah. outstanding but it gives them an opportunity to kind of sharpen the axe yep to use their gifts i can't tell you how many you know musical artists if you ever watched the voice or you, the the one common refrain is i grew up singing in church mm-hmm. you know i grew up singing in church and the youth ministry gives them an opportunity to use those gifts before they're ready on Sunday. Yeah. You know? And I think it just, it doesn't stop there. I mean, um, kids have been so excited about, you know, just coming to church and hearing God's word. Um, we launched the Future Young Men's and Women's where um, it's very similar to our missional communities, um, but where a lot of the, the men will come and um, be with me and some of my youth men leaders and some of the um, young ladies will be with my wife and uh, Amanda Hutchison and um, some of our other youth um, women leaders. And they're willing to just come and kind of like debrief and talk through some of their everyday struggles, um, where, where what they're having so that we could be able to speak into some of those things as well. And then even on top of just, you know, being missional, um, they're inviting their friends to our missional fun nights where we actually go out into the city where areas that they actually enjoy. Um, but then they're also inviting them the next week to hear this new sermon series because they're like, it's going to be dope. You need to be here. I'm not playing. Like, I'm going to come pick you up if I have to. And it's just been a great time. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I've, al- I've always wondered. So there are several, many different types of churches out there. And churches that are kind of they're full of hype mm-hmm. and they're full of show and they're but they've got great music and those churches are just naturally I, I know this is kind of maybe it's wrong to say but they're more evangelistic mm-hmm. for people in the world yeah they're easier for people in the world to enter into and hear a gospel message and come to Christ mm-hmm. and what often happens in those churches is people come to Christ and then they're there for a year or two or a couple of years, and then they realize, well, man, this is kind of the same thing all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of shallow. Mm-hmm. And if I want to be discipled, I, I actually got to go to a different church. I got to yeah. go to a church that is preaching expository sermons, and mm-hmm. they're, they're more centered on the word, and they're they're not just doing you know fun topical series and stuff. Yeah. And so I've often wondered because that was my old ministry was like mm-hmm. that. You know, I was I've, I've often wondered like, and sometimes our our gathering. It's, it's a lot more foreign, right? Mm-hmm. It's, 
you step into it, whoa, what's all this liturgy? What's all this people speaking up and, you know, everything seems, it seems a little more formal, yeah. right? And it's a, it's a long sermon, so mm -hmm. it's a long service. So I, I kind of see like the youth ministry and the, and the Sunday, Sunday gathering, they kind of fulfill both of those purposes. Yeah. You know what I mean? The youth ministry, though you're not all hype and all that, but there's more hype on, mm -hmm. there's more hype down there for those, for those teenage kids, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? And yet then they are also coming on Sunday morning. So they're getting kind of the, the best of both worlds. Yes, they you are. Know what I mean? It's good. So, and the more you keep giving me books, the longer my sermons keep getting. <laughs> so if you're so if you're sitting out late in your car, I'm I'm really sorry. You know, Justin keeps giving me more books, so I'm reading more sermons. Get long, and of course, like we, I mean, the sermons that these kids are getting are a Sunday sermon, but dialed to focus to them. Yeah, contextual. And it's just been really good for. That's awesome. Really good. Awesome. <clears throat> All right. Well, uh, for me, it has been. The best year of Sacred City Church's history. Let's go. In my opinion. <clears throat> um, it is, um, it started with the thing that I never wanted to do, which was a building campaign. Mm -hmm. It's still going on. That building campaign is still going on and it's not over. We still got, obviously we got to pay for this building. And so we need people to still be generous and, and sacrificial in their giving. And so we really would encourage people towards the end of this year, you know, to, to think about the building and the building campaign and to donate generously to us as, as we're closing out the year. Um, but that was something that God called me to do that I didn't want to do at all. And it was just me having to say, okay, I'll do it. I'll be obedient. And, um, and there were many people that said, man, I don't think the timing is right. You know, like, I don't think you should do it right now. And that, again, this is kind of what I, when I said in a couple podcasts ago, that there's something about a pastor that there needs to be, he, he needs to be disagreeable mm -hmm. in one sense, yeah. in the sense of, you know, the more often than not to be right with God will make you wrong with men. Mm. Okay. And so God, does, God didn't tell Noah to build the ark after it started raining. Right? Yeah. If it had already started raining, everybody was like, build that friggin' boat. Let's go. We yeah, gotta yeah. get this thing Hurry done. up. I'm going to help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he called them to build the boat before they, I mean, we think before they had even seen rain. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it had never rained. And so in the middle of the desert, which is just absurd. And so it started with that, uh, me just saying, feeling like God God has called me to do this right now. Yeah. And the elders agreeing. And, and, and then seeing radical generosity from our, from our people and the people saying, yep, I think it's time. You know, we've been doing two services and borrowed buildings and our, you know, leased buildings yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And, um, and then obviously in, in, uh, you know, we did one offering and raised, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars and boom, let's go get hype right now. Uh, we had, we saw a banner out yes. on Hopewell that said Hope Church coming soon, and I mm -hmm. said, Kevin, Kevin was my assistant. Kevin, Kevin did this. Kevin, did one thing. you were a good assistant, bro. You killed that thing. thing. <laughs> you Kevin, communicated well. <laughs> I said, Kevin, email this pastor and see if they're interested in in letting us walk through the building and if they'd yeah. be interested in selling. You know, and Kevin did it. And Kevin said, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. And yes, we can go through it. And we yeah. scheduled it. And mm -hmm. we went through this mug. And um, she was ugly. Yeah. <laughs> she was ugly, but she had good bones. Yeah, that's what that matters. She, <laughs> <laughs> she was ugly, but she had great personality. You entertained the relationship. <laughs> she had great personality. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, man, I, I, we went through it. And yeah, we saw we saw the good. Uh, well, I saw the good bones. My wife saw the good bones. The I gathered a few um, men and women who had uh, experience in real estate and had experience in remodeling and experience in the trades and different things. And there, and I just walked them through them through it. And I said, "Here's my vision," because what's literally what's what's weird is which it feels it's obviously a gift of god but it feels almost like a superpower yeah. well it doesn't it just feels normal to me 
but other people say it looks like a superpower because I walked through it the first time and I said, I would take this whole balcony out. I would open this whole thing up. I would put an extra entrance in here. I would shrink this stage. I would recarpet this whole thing. I'd paint everything white. I'd remove all the blinds. I'd put book, you know, I like literally the first time we walked through it, I saw it. Yeah. Like I saw the vision. Mm -hmm. And, and then I said, I, to the, to everybody, I, I cast that vision to these guys and these ladies and I asked them, could you see it? And do you think we could pay for it and afford it? Do you think we can make it happen? Is it wise? Um, you know, factoring in everything, factoring in parking, factoring in location, factoring in cost. And it was a unanimous, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody, well, I mean, that's a lot of work. If you could, you know, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, and, um, and I felt like I had support. Then we had, the, we had a uh, members meeting and we, we cast the vision for the member members meeting and the members i mean literally they wanted to cast a vote you remember they're mm -hmm. like do you want us to vote let's vote we're <laughs> and i said well we don't vote because we're not congregational but all in favor say aye ah you yes. know everybody like everybody we're moving was forward like, everybody said aye and then it you know brought the staff through it cast the vision to the staff rallied the staff around Everybody was, let's do this. Everybody was, Let, let's do this. And everybody, I don't know if, I don't know if everybody knew what that was going to cost. And I don't just mean financially. I just mean, it's a lot of work. It was. Why, and here's the, the crazy thing that people, most people don't realize is we had an insane amount of work to do on this building. And we still had to pull off Sunday morning in a rented space every single yeah. week. Yeah. Still had to preach. Still had to do kids ministry. Still had to set up and tear down. Still had to do all of that over there at the same time. And um, thankfully that our staff are um, hardworking enough, are bold enough, have the vision, and they they have just the 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 mission of God in their gut, where let's they're go. just like, I don't care what it takes. Th let's let's do this thing. Yeah. Let's keep moving the mission forward in the Quad Cities. Yes, sir. Like, we need roots. We need a home base for ministry. Mm -hmm. We need a strategic base where we can reach the next generation. Yep. Where all of our families can worship under worship God under one roof together. And we buckled in and we bought the stinking thing. And a finance team did all did all the amazing back background work of getting us approved and getting the finances secured and and uh, you know and we got it we got the building locked in and bought. And, uh, and then the insane work began, right? Yeah. Um, and that, that evolved, obviously, as we went into it, we were planning on just doing the atrium and we got a bid for $550,000 from a reputable contractor in the area just for the atrium. And, um, and then I went back to the, to my elders and the finance team and I said, guys, this was not in my plan at all, but I think we can remodel the whole building for about that if I GC it, if I'm the general contractor. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they were like, you know, they're concerned and can you do that? You know, are you going to be too burned out and all this kind of stuff? Because, you know, I've had some issues in the past. And, um, and I said, I don't know, but I think, I think it's, it's worth a go, mm -hmm. right? And, uh, man, we had, and so we, we said, let's do that. So I became the general contractor and <clears throat> fired up my old business and my old, my old, uh, way of doing things. And, um, we had a group of men specifically who rallied around me and, you know, as, and they just kind of held my arms up, right? Like they helped, they did so many different things and, yeah. Uh, it took us, what was it? I don't even know off the top of my head. About four and a half months. Yeah, four yeah. and a half months. Right. Took us four and a half months to remodel about 25,000 square feet. And, and, and it wasn't just this group of guys and me, obviously. Um, it was hundreds of people from our church volunteering, pulling up carpet, painting, cleaning, um, pe people bringing in snacks to keep mm. all the contractors fed as yeah. we were here. Uh, the staff doubling down and 
you know, getting their areas all figured out, my own wife helping with the design and all of the, you know, the aesthetic in the building, the furniture and all this kind of stuff, a million different decisions on, you know, what to put where yeah. and, you know. I just think when you think about it, like, you kind of look back and you, you're kind of like, man, God, this is, we got this building now. And you're, you're probably just thinking, like, maybe just a couple dudes in my staff. But then, like, just to see the church rally around. Yeah. Oh, man, like, that right there alone is like, mm-hmm. that means you got a healthy church. Yeah. Because everyone's yeah. on board on the same mission moving forward because we all know that we need roots. Yeah. We all need know that we need a, a, a place for generations of generations of kids to come home to and say, hey, this is my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So that was just an ab- it was an absolute joy to see our church rally around the, the mission and the vision like that. Yeah. And and then just to put in hundreds of thousands. I mean, Hundreds or thousands, I don't even, I haven't done the math, uh, you know, thousands, minimally, hours of yep. work mm-hmm. to get this building remodeled and to get the vision executed. And then, you know, and, and I'm talking artists from our church, you know, yeah. we've got one of a one-of-a-kind, custom, hand-blown, 10-foot-tall glass cross yep. filled with 24-karat gold and silver flecks. Beautiful, beautiful statement piece, you know, in the front window of our church. We've got a 10-foot-tall aluminum cross custom mm. built by one of our artisans in our church and craftsmen in our church. All of our metal um, railings and different things, yep. All he custom, custom did all of that. We've got, we had artists in our church do murals on the walls, large photographs on the walls. I mean, just the custom side of things was just, was, it's just sick. You it know, is, I just, it is. I just, I'm just thrilled, Killer. thrilled with the way it turned out. And, and then obviously, you know, we get it done at the nick of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're having a walkthrough on a Friday night, and you guys were all, I said, I need all hands on deck. Let's go. And everybody was here all the, it's Fridays are normally, you know, people's days off, but everybody was here that Friday. Uh, You know, carpet guys were not quite done, so I'm scraping floors for the carpet guys. We're laying tiles. We're carrying tiles for the carpet guys to get them done. And people are showing up at 6, and I think I leave at 5.15. Sounds right. Because and so we, we, hey, we we put the last little like um, the lift in that goes from the youth to the basement all the way upstairs. Put that in that we sprint and people are pulling up. We're like, oh man, we're not we ready got, yet. And we got to go home and shower. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Get cleaned up and then come yep. back. And then to see, I mean, it was it was that was one of the great joys of my life to be back. You know, I literally rushed back. Got back by, by six o'clock, and to be standing in the atrium as people walked in. Mm-hmm when the last time either they had never seen it or the last time they saw it, you know, it was dingy, dark, mm-hmm. low ceilings. Close they walked in and just wa- looking at people's face was mm-hmm. just, yeah. And everybody was like, this is ours. Yeah. We're going to worship God here next Sunday. Man, praise like, God. what, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, people from the community, the owners of three, nine, two, you know, they came over, helped us dial in our new coffee maker. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, how do how how can we serve the best coffee in the Quad Cities to our people? Those those the owners of 302 came to Sacred City. Like it it, it was it was it was, you know, yeah. just yeah. outstanding. <clears throat> so obviously that was a huge that was a huge season in the life of our church. And then we got in here and that Sunday blew us away yeah we didn't even know what we had in one sense yeah. people started singing and we were like what yeah i know right the acoustics because we were in the theater and we, yeah. we didn't hear it no the acoustics in this building mm-hmm. are amazing and so we can hear the voices of the people sing yeah and it oh mm-hmm. it was amazing yeah. and uh i think there was 560 something people that sunday and you know two weeks ago we had 500 people since we've been in this building, I mean, I don't even know. I'm, I'm saying off the top of my head, we're probably averaging about 450, 440, something like that, being in here, mm. which is a good 25%, at least more, than we were averaging last year. 
we've already baptized like 26 off the top of my head. Sounds yeah. Right. Baptized 26 people since being in this building. We've got the largest ever um, member group of members that are yep. joining. We just did our first members um, class classes in this new building, and we've got 35 uh, joining us. And to hear their stories, uh, Dr. Al- Pastor Alex and I met with them over the last three weeks and just hear their stories of how God brought them here. Many of them from just apostate churches, like ch- churches that had homosexual pastors, you know, and they COVID shut them down and then they found our sermons and mm. they found our services and they started coming here. And then yeah. what God's done in marriages and lives and families, two different guys um, that from this membership class had tried to commit suicide multiple times in, in the past 10 years. There's full-on pagans, atheists. They've tried Hinduism, Buddhism, all kind of things, and realized, you know, addicted to all kind of things and just mm-hmm. tried to kill himself. Both of them, the rope broke. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they knew God had a plan for them. And now yeah. they're here. They're on fire mm-hmm. yeah. for Jesus. Let's yeah. go. And, you know, both of them have talked to me about, like, feeling called to ministry mm-hmm. and uh, pursuing Bible college. And it's just like the... It's just been absolutely amazing to to see what what God's done Man. in this uh, in this season. It's been great, right? It's been great. So I can't wait, obviously, to you know celebrate Christmas Eve. It's the first time we've we, you know we can celebrate Christmas Eve in a long time in our own building. We've had to rent out different spaces for Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even do that in the theater, and uh, I'm ex- I'm encouraged and excited to do that. We've had men's ministry nights where we got the patio out back, and so we, yeah, we smoked broke cigars. Yeah, broke that in. Let's go. And we broke that. We got to break that in right before it got too cold, and so that was great to see, you know, 80, 80 men gather around smoking cigars, you know, drinking some good drink and fellowshipping and mm-hmm. <coughs> talking theology and talking mm-hmm. what God's doing in their their life. It, mm-hmm. It's been outstanding. Um, obviously, Pastor Alex launched. And and his t- and, and the team. So there's many. There's several people on that on that board. It's not just Pastor Alex, but New City, uh, New City Classical Academy. Yep. And right now they're meeting in they're meeting downstairs in some of our classrooms, and they're using that space. And and so they've launched a, a Christian school. Kevin, you're you're teaching yep. there in yep. the afternoons. And so to to see our building be able to be a blessing to more than just us. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it's, it's expanding. Yeah. People are having women's nights in here. We got to have our MC Christmas party here, yeah. which was a blast. It was awesome. It was awesome. MC leaders to celebrate our, our MC leaders who are doing, you know, hands-on ministry at Sacred City that obviously Ephesians 4 tells us that the job of the elders is to equip the saints for the work yeah. of the ministry. And our MC leaders are doing so much of the work of the ministry to be able to celebrate them well, have some great food, great drinks, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in a in a great space, yeah. right? It's just been awesome. The pastor from Hope, he he keeps calling and he keeps coming in, and he like brings, he can't stop coming in here. Yeah, he, <laughs> he takes people through it all the time. He wants to show his kids they're back from college or this. He's like, hey, can I come through the building? Yeah, um, it's you know, and, and we have a place and we have a neighborhood, mm-hmm. and we're only getting started. Yeah, yeah. it's I, just the beginning, baby. We're just getting started, man. And I wanted. I wanted this season when we moved into the new building to, I knew it was going to require a lot out of our leaders and our staff because obviously we do things we didn't do before. We've got a whole coffee thing. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're serving our own coffee every week where we've got, uh, we're more, more welcoming to, to visitors hospitable. and, and hospitable snack shack. And the people are coming <laughs> in. So, um, we've got, we've got a lot of more service teams that you've mm-hmm. been leading up and mm-hmm. I knew it was going to kind of, could be taxing and could be exhausting. And so I said, Hey, kind of no matter what we're, we're going to enjoy one service for a while. And mm-hmm. we're going to just, we're not resting cause we're not, it's, it's still work and it's still yeah. exhausting, but, um, I wanted it to be a peaceful, enjoyable yeah. season. And then who knows what God has for us? You know, yeah. I know we'll have to go two services for Easter because two weeks ago or three weeks ago, whenever, two weeks ago when we had 500 people here, we only had like four four available parking spots, yeah. and like mm-hmm. two of those I think were handicapped. So uh, I'm gonna put a sign on that that says "handicap until 
9.30 or something like that. <laughs> Handicap until 9.40, and then you can pull in and park here because right. we don't have any other parking spots. And that's people parking on the street. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's been... It's just been an amazing year. It's yeah. been a joy. I mean, even for me, like, everything that we're recapping and then on top of, like, all of our Christmas parties and I can't wait until um, we do our Christmas Eve service and mm -hmm. everything that yeah. we used to do at other places that were not ours. Yeah. It's just like, man, like, look how far God has brought us. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at that, it's just being obedient and being faithful in Christ yep. and knowing that he's going to provide. Yep. So... God is clearly up to something good at Sacred City, yeah. and it is not because we're great. It's because he's great. Yeah. And it is, it's a joy to be a part of a move of God in a season like this. Mm -hmm. and, and so, man, yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just thrilled and really thankful and wanted to take a moment on the podcast just to thank God and thank all the people that made it possible. And like I said earlier, like we're not done. You know, yeah. we're not done. Like, one, we got to continue to pay this building off, right? Yeah. Two, we want to make more disciples. We want to reach more people. We want to plant more churches, you know? And what what's that going to, I mean, what's that going to entail? Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to have to, this was a risk. We took a big risk on this building. And when you're following Jesus, you always take risks. Yeah. And <laughs> That's it, what we do. Calculated, <laughs> spirit-led risk. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it, it paid off and... And now we, we need to continue to take more. And so I know there's people out there listening, like, like how can I be involved? Well, one, like, you can be, you can give. You can give financially at the mm -hmm. end of the year and, and sacrificially give yeah. and help us move the mission forward, yeah. right? Two, you can be, be a part. Come here, check it out, join mm -hmm. us. Um, three, you can serve, right? Mm -hmm. Like, be a part of, be a, part of a, a ministry team. Serve in the tech, serve in the kids, serve, yeah. I mean, Last when we had 500 people, we had 200 kids. Yeah. Now, not all of them, about 90 of them were in the service with us, you know, mm -hmm. but 110 kids in the ministry, in, yeah. the, in the kids' ministry. I mean, that makes it the largest, you know, the largest service ministry in our entire church. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we always need more people to volunteer there and pray for us. Yeah. You know, like lastly, just, just pray for us. Um, I just want to say the fifth one is just like be a disciple. And I think when you're being a disciple, like, there's more cities for us to plant churches. So when you're coming in and you're being fed, like, remember, there's more cities that churches need to be, healthy churches. And if this is a healthy church that we're equipping people, like, get ready because we're not stopping. We're going to keep planting churches that plant churches. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. We've got a, a, a couple guys, um, friends of, one guy, friends, friends of Kevin that yep. found us through Kevin, been, been following us for a while, came to our parenting conference. Um, oh, by the way, we've got a marriage conference that's coming up first of the, uh, like maybe it's in March. I, can't, I think it's in March. I can't remember, February or March. Uh, we're going to put on a marriage conference. I'm actually bringing in a guy, uh, one of my buddies, and he's an author. He wrote a book called God's Good Design. And uh, Michael Clary, he's going to come in, and, 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 and we're, for the first time, we're going to have a marriage conference. We're bringing in this outside speaker to, to come in and, and minister to us because we want healthy marriages at, at our church, you know. But these other guys, um, they feel called to, to plan a church like ours in uh, Washington, Iowa. Yeah. And so we're making a commitment. We're going to help disciple them. We're going to help uh, resource them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we got Kurt's designing logos and stuff for them. And we've got all kind of, I'm on coaching calls with them. And we're going to, you know, we want to see the, the gospel go forth, man. Like mm -hmm. we're, we're not going to sit on our hands and let the devil take more ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, man, never underestimate the, the incredible blessing it is to be a part of a living, thriving church. Yeah. You know, it, it, this doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't happen by accident. One of the things that people kept saying in their membership interview is we love this church. The worship is outstanding on Sunday morning. And we love how, this is what they said, we love how you make the Bible come alive yeah. in your preaching. And I said, each one I corrected, and I said, well, no, the Bible is alive. Mm. Yeah. I just let it speak, mm -hmm. you know, because we yeah. preach verse by verse through the books of the Bible. And the world says, if you want a, a thriving church, you've got to be open and affirming to mm. LGBTQ+. You've got to dumb it down. You've got to, you know, 20-minute sermons. You can't touch hot, hot topic 
stuff. You got to avoid certain scriptures in the Bible. You can't, people don't want just the Bible anymore. And it's absurd. All of those churches that believe that are declining Mm -hmm. and dying. Yeah. And we just let the word speak. And they should die. And God's building his church. Yeah. And God's Jesus is building his church. He mm-hmm. says he's going to build the church and the gates of hell will not stand against yeah. him. Yeah. So it's a huge gift to be a part of that. On top of all that, we've got <clears throat> 10 guys in the elder development process, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we're going to be evaluating four of those guys in, uh, in January. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking to add to the elder team we're, and we're just thrilled at what God's doing. So, so hopefully, guys, you are encouraged and uh, this podcast was a blessing to you, man. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Mm-hmm. I hope you celebrate it with Jesus at the center. Yeah. yeah. I hope your church family's right there with you. Hope you join us on Christmas Eve, both morning and night service, yeah. as we're going to lift up the King of Kings and man, the birth of the man who would crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. And that's what we get to celebrate. Amen. And then I hope you have a lot of presents under the Christmas tree. I hope you bless the socks off of your kids extravagantly. <laughs> And I hope you eat some good food. I hope you gain a few pounds. I hope you just have a a really blessed uh, Christmas season. So we love you guys. We're praying for you. God bless. Peace out. (laughs) 